Hi there, and welcome to the Murray Resources Podcast, where we dive into common job search and career-related topics and questions. My name is Scott White, and I'm the Marketing Specialist at Murray Resources, a recruiting and staffing firm that has worked with thousands of employers and placed tens of thousands of candidates over our 30-year history. We're here to use our firm's experience to give job seekers a peek behind the curtain into the recruiting industry, and more specifically, to offer tips and techniques that can help them land the perfect job. So, if you're looking for tips to take your career to the next level, then you're listening to The Right Podcast. Today, we have a really special treat. We've had a lot of wonderful guests on this show, but it's not every day that you have the opportunity to interview the president of your own company. Today, I have the pleasure of doing just that as Marsha Murray, the president and founder of Murray Resources, joins me on the podcast. In our conversation, I'll be digging into the habits that have really helped Marsha build her career over the years, what it was like to start the business, what she reads, watches, and listens to to stay on top of her game, as well as a bunch of other stuff that I really enjoyed learning about. And I know you will too, so enjoy. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Murray Resources Podcast. Today, I'm honored to say that I have Marsha Murray, who is actually the founder and president of Murray Resources, a Houston-based staffing and recruiting company. She founded Murray Resources in 1988, which actually just hit their 30th anniversary last year. Welcome to the show, Marsha. Thank you. Nice to be here, Scott. It's great to have you. I, I really appreciate you making the time. You know, and I know you're very busy, but I'm really looking forward to kind of talking to you about yourself, you know, and kind of how you've grown your business and just learning. Cool. Awesome. So first, could you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, maybe specifically more for before you started Murray Resources? Okay. Well, I'm mainly a Houstonian, mm -hmm. born in Houston. We did spend my formative years when we were in, I was in California until yeah. I was 13. So from two to 13, I was in California. Okay. We moved back to Houston. And so I went to middle school, high school, and then had my family and raised my kids and, and they have grown up in the area. So I'm a long-term Houstonian. I grew up pretty athletic, a couple brothers, and uh, we were always in sports. So I am probably a little competitive by nature because of that. <laughs> and what else? That's about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess after you graduated college, I mean, starting a business wasn't necessarily the first thing on your mind. So what kind of, you know, led you to start Murray Resources? Actually, starting a business was the furthest thing from my mind. <laughs> um, you have to remember, this was 30 years ago. So I grew up in the generation where, for the most part, not 100%, but mm -hmm. for the most part, women were stay-at-home moms yeah. or teachers or secretaries or nurses. But there were identified female roles that a woman would take. So I grew up really with the understanding that I would be a stay-at-home mom was sort of the messaging I think that I got, although my mother was a part-time secretary, but I decided to take the path of school teaching. And so I, I was headed in that direction. I was going to get my degree in elementary education and be a school teacher. I, w I thought about nursing, but I can't do blood. So <laughs> anyway, that left a few options. So anyway, I had gone to college at the University of Texas in Austin, had a great college career there and moved to Houston to plan a wedding and finished up my last year at the University of Houston. And yeah. University of Houston is a fabulous school, and I highly recommend that as well. Yeah, go Cougs, right? Go Cougs, <laughs> absolutely. And was getting my degree in elementary education, and I went to a staffing and recruiting firm looking for a part-time job. Okay. And they hired me as their front desk receptionist. So that was my introduction into the staffing and recruiting business. I really didn't know anything about it prior to that. 
So anyway, I worked there until I got my degree. At that point, I had seen enough to know, again, with my competitive nature, (laughs) and I'm very utilitarian. I like to know that I can be compensated in direct proportion to how hard I'm willing to work mm-hmm. and what I'm willing to do to, to put myself out there. So I thought this would be perfect for me. It's a form of sales, yeah. you know, if you will, but it's also the best part of sales because you're selling, but you're also, you have the opportunity to work with people and change their lives. And so I just knew immediately that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So staffing and recruiting actually is an industry that does kind of attract a disproportionate amount of female CEOs or female, you know, owners. Why do you think that is? Well, at the branch management level, that's true. There's a, there's an overabundance of females versus males at the branch management level, but industry wise CEOs of staffing and recruiting firms or C-suite people in the staffing and recruiting industry is about 20% female, 80% male okay. in our industry still. But uh, I think it used to be more female oriented back when the staffing and recruiting business was more re- just recruiting, direct hire recruiting. Okay. The barrier to entry was much lower. You just, you didn't have to have any certifications. You didn't have to have financial funding. You didn't have to have a lot of the things that would keep people from getting a business started. I do feel like our industry is making headways in that in that regard, though. Yeah. Like positive changes in that direction. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so you, you mentioned in the past that you don't really think being a woman has really presented any sort of particular challenges in growing your business, which I find really encouraging. But do you have any anecdotes about maybe earlier days as a female founder? You know, I, I have always been very blessed in that regard. I, it, again, it's hard for me to say because I've never tried to f- climb the corporate ladder as a female. Hmm. So I can only speak for myself as a as the business owner. Mm-hmm. But in terms of being received in the business community, in terms of respect from my clients, my candidates, I have never felt in any way, shape or form um, any discrimination being female versus, you know, being not being female. Yeah, which is great. I, I do. I mean, I have some funny stories. <laughs> I I, ha- I have uh, one client that um, I would say that the answer is it, whether you're male or female, you want to have your ducks in a row. You want to be prepared. <laughs> you want to be organized. You want to run a. You want to run a business that is where you have thought things through, and you know it. it just like anything else. But I I had one uh, client that um, had hired one of my temporary candidates Mm. and neglected to tell me. So I called him and said, Hey, you know, I understand you hired one of my candidates. Congratulations. And I just wanted to let you know, I'm going to be sending you an invoice. (laughs) And, (laughs) and he said, no, I don't owe you a fee. And I said, no, you do. (laughs) And, and he said, well, then I don't have a, a fee agreement signed with you. And I said, yeah, you do. <laughs> and so he said, well, how about you prove it to me? And I said, all right. And so he came into my office and nice man, about six foot five cowboy hat, big boots. I mean, he was a big guy, you know, big, I don't know, kind of football player looking guy. And, uh, he wanders into my office and he sits down and goes, all right. Uh, so why don't you show me where I owe you a fee? And I said, absolutely. And I said, do you remember signing these time cards? 
the time cards for the temporary candidates that were working in his office. And I said, I think I have one that has your signature on it. And he said, uh, yes, I do. And I said, well, can you read the print that's written <laughs> there where your signature is? And he looked at that and he looked at me and he says, well, little Philly, looks like I owe you a fee. <laughs> wow. And walked out. So, I mean, I guess that's my uh, female story or yeah. I've had a few incidences like that. Not bad things, actually funny things that yeah. have happened to me along the way, but uh, he couldn't have been nicer and he did actually um, pay me a fee. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that that just kind of, you know, I mean, that's very encouraging to hear that, you know, there wasn't any particular struggles because I feel like, you know, that isn't the case for a lot of women. Um, but for, for all of those women and men who are listening, are, are there any sort of, you know, business tips that you could give uh, any, you know, any newspapers or magazines that you listen to regularly or any, you know, podcasts other than the Murray Resource podcast that you listen to, uh, <laughs> you know, on a regular basis? Well, I am truly a lifelong learner studier. I just enjoy reading about and listening to things mainly as, well, two areas. One, as it relates to productivity. I really enjoy learning how I can be better at what I do and do it with more ease and, and simplify things and make it less stressful because I, I was starting the business when I had my two kids. And then I had two stepchildren. So I was raising four and, um, it was a busy time in my life. And so I was always looking and I, I guess I still am looking for ways to, to be more efficient and to be better at what I do. So, um, I love business books that are productivity related, like the, the power of habit. I mean, I think there's mm -hmm. one by James Clear. There's one by uh, Charles Duhigg. I believe it's his name. I've read both of those. They're both great books. I love the Getting Things Done, the GTT podcast, yeah. and David Allen, and everything around organizing and streamlining your day and how to be more efficient. I love the 5 a.m. Morning Miracle, Hal Elrod, and I love his stories, and I love his uh, speakers that he brings on. I mean, I just kind of can eat this stuff up. I just think it's great. And and so I, I also am a, a real big enthusiast of the power of thought and, yeah. and how we use our minds and or don't use our minds sometimes to produce results in our life. Mm -hmm. um, so I love some of the basics. I love Bob Proctor. You know, I love... Um, that positive thinking sort of mentality or, or conscious thinking, I think is a newer way to say it. Mm. And, um, and I've been studying a lot, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who does a lot in that area. It, it has a lot to do with how you use your mind and envision, visioneer what you want yeah, in definitely. your life. And that's actually how I started Murray Resources. My story is... I had read a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. And um, I read the book in 1972. I didn't start the business until 1988. But between 1972 and 1988, I became obsessed with the concept of how we can utilize our minds to, and the power of our subconscious minds, to become better at, at better versions of ourselves. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And so 
when I read that and the psycho cybernetics book is, is based a lot on your self image. So it's a lot around self image psychology and the premise is uh, Maxwell Maltz who wrote the book and has since sub- subsequently written several more um, was a plastic surgeon. And his, his story was that he would sometimes and back in when he was a plastic surgeon, it was mostly for disfigurements for facial disfigurements. So somebody that had a grotesque nose or big ears or, you know, some other deformity, he would correct those. And he was taken by the fact that in some cases he would make those corrections and people would go on to live very happy, healthy lives. And in some cases he would correct the mal- the malfunction or the mal deformity or whatever. And they would not see the correction. They would continue to feel like they were unattractive And so he started to study the self-image psychology and how it affects us. So I started studying that and I realized that if I changed the way I looked at myself and felt about myself and visualized myself, I could become anything I wanted to become. And it opened the door to me to not be afraid to try. Wow. So I'm a very big proponent of anything along those lines. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it, it definitely, you know, it, it can't be argued that you've had a great deal of success. Uh, and so I guess just kind of to, to close things out, are, is there anything that, you know, that you would do differently looking back, you know, after, you know, having 30 years of success in the staffing and recruiting industry, is, is there anything, you know, looking back that, that you, you would do differently or, you know, or you wouldn't do anything differently. You know, I don't think I would do anything differently. It's not that I did everything perfectly because trust me, I did not. I mean, I have made a million mistakes along the way, but that's part of my story and that's part of my growth. So it was what it was. And so, no, I wouldn't want to go back and change any of that. I guess if, if I knew then what I know now, I would understand the power of habit. I would understand the power of Kaizen, which is small incremental steps, which when done repeatedly over a period of time can yield maximum results. I think sometimes we're always looking for the big innovation, the big change, the big, I'm going to start calling 50 customers a day and, you know, and it lasts, (laughs) you know, for about a day or two, but the body rebels against that kind of that 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 being uncomfortable out of your comfort zone for a long period of time, it's really hard to con- continue that mentally. Mm-hmm. But you can do little things, which when compound, Darren Hardy has a great book called The Compound Effect, beautiful book. And it just talks about little things that are done consistently over a long period of time that if you just, you know, put that $2 a week into the bank and let it do the compounding interest. It's the same thing with habits. It's the same thing with marketing. It's the same thing with building your business. It's the same thing with everything. It's just identifying what's important in your business to be successful and then just continuing to do it every single solitary day. Wow. Well, I think that's a, that's a great point to, uh, to go ahead and in this episode on, uh, Again, thank you so much for, you know, for having uh, all of this time to talk to us about, you know, your experiences and, you know, starting your own business uh, and just, you know, being you. Thank you. It was exciting to be here. I'm excited that we're doing this and thank you for starting our podcast. You've reached the end of another episode of the Murray Resources Podcast. To learn more about us, visit our website or check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Also, don't forget to email us with your questions that you want to be answered during the show at podcast at murrayresources.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, and we'll see you next time.